Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is a continuation of our episode from yesterday. Last week's bombshell filing to dismiss the criminal charge against General Michael Flynn shows how top leadership at the FBI targeted General Flynn, throwing out truth, justice, policy, and procedure to take down a 30-year combat veteran because he was Trump's national security advisor and knew where the bodies were buried, as KT McFarland said. This important filing lays out so much vital information that I decided to break it down for you in two episodes. Yesterday, we covered the facts outlined in the filing, and today we will cover the legal issues. I have three points on this to share with you. Point one, the statements made by General Flynn to two FBI agents in the White House were not material to any investigation. We learned this through newly discovered and disclosed evidence from the federal government. We in reading this filing, learn that the prosecutors of General Flynn are no longer satisfied that a crime even occurred. They don't believe that it's likely that they would be able to prove the crime that General Flynn pled guilty to making false statements. The federal government no longer believes that they are likely to be able to prove this beyond a reasonable doubt. And they think this in part because of the materiality element of the crime. An element is something that the government has to prove when it charges someone with a crime, and they have to prove each element beyond a reasonable doubt. So the, the addition of materiality to the crime of making false statements to government agents is very important because it prevents phishing by federal prosecutors for falsehoods. So if they're interviewing you about a potential crime that you committed and you say that you had jelly donuts for breakfast when you really had a Parmesan omelet, then that falsehood to federal agents is not material to the crime that is being investigated. So one of the elements of the crime, federal prosecutors believe they can no longer demonstrate beyond a reasonable doubt. And they make the point in this filing that these supposed false statements to the government, which were not false statements, but we'll get into that later, the supposed false statements to the government were not material because the counterintelligence investigation against General Flynn was about to be closed. We shared with you yesterday in the factual outline of this filing that the FBI had generated a closing communication outlining how there was no derogatory information discovered during its four-month investigation into General Flynn as part of this counterintelligence investigation. And they had decided that they were going to close the, uh, the counterintelligence investigation against General Flynn. And the rules for counterintelligence investigations are different than the rules for criminal investigations. So uh, in this filing, the federal prosecutors say that the interview of General Flynn at the White House was undertaken to elicit, to bring out false statements. And that is very clear from the new evidence and information that we had disclosed by the federal government. 
They did not give General Flynn any warning that what he was saying was going to be subject to this false statements idea. And they said in debriefing afterwards that General Flynn seemed like he thought that the two FBI agents and Andy McCabe, who called General Flynn to set up the interview in the first place, General Flynn thought they were allies. He thought they were good guys. He thought they were all on the same team. He is an extremely patriotic man. You might remember after the word broke about this, he had a tweet showing his grandson saying the Pledge of Allegiance and underscoring justice for all. And he's also had tweets of the American flag. He is an extremely patriotic man who served his country with distinction. So it's also important in this filing that they pointed out that there was no notification by the leadership at the FBI to the White House or to the Department of Justice that they were planning to interview General Flynn. This violated the usual procedures. And when Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates found out about this, she was, quote, flabbergasted and dumbfounded. So it shows how out of the realm of the usual, the way that the FBI agents McCabe, Comey, Strzok, and Pienka went about interviewing Flynn at the White House. They threw all the policies aside. They threw all the procedures aside. In this filing, the government also says they could not prove beyond reasonable doubt that he knowingly or willingly made false statements. When they interviewed him, he gave equivocal responses, he gave indirect responses, he said he didn't remember, he gave vague answers. And more importantly, the FBI agents, when describing the interview after it occurred, they said it didn't seem like he was lying. There was no evidence of deception. And Comey, when he, James Comey, director of the FBI, whose master plan it was to go ahead and interview General Flynn without notifying the White House or the Department of Justice, like the usual, the usual procedures called for the notification, when asked if General Flynn had lied, Comey said it was a close one. General Flynn pled guilty in the filing, it says, because he didn't have all the information. Now that we have all the information, General Flynn asked to withdraw his plea, and the government, through this filing by the prosecutors, is asking the court to dismiss the charge against him and the guilty plea that F General Flynn gave. My second point to share with you about this prosecutor's filing is that the FBI lacked a sufficient basis to sustain or to continue the counterintelligence investigation. As you remember from yesterday, the FBI opened up Crossfire Razor investigation into General Flynn as part of the overall Crossfire Hurricane investigation into whether or not the Russians had tampered or were coordinating with the Trump campaign to interfere in the American election. And after four months of investigating General Flynn, the FBI decided that they were going to close the counterintelligence investigation because no derogatory information had been found. They did say in the closing communication that if new info was found, they could consider continuing or opening, they could continue open it back up. But after they did this closing memor memorandum, they didn't actually close the case and uh, the 
people at the top of trying to entrap General Flynn thought this was serendipitous. That was the word that Peter Strzok used, that it was serendipitous that the utter incompetence, as Peter Strzok said about his employer, the utter incompetence of the FBI meant that the counterintelligence investigation was still open against General Flynn. Now, the communications with the Russian ambassador to the United States, Sergei Kislyak, was the sole basis for uh, continuing the counterintelligence investigation against General Flynn. Even though the closing memorandum had said no interview of Flynn was required, this was something that Comey and Strzok and Page and McCain were hot to accomplish. And in this filing by the federal government, they said the phone call with Kislyak was the sole basis but did not warrant continuing the counterintelligence investigation or opening up a criminal investigation. No criminal investigation was ever opened against General Flynn. Now, the prosecutors in this filing rightly note that the calls that were between General Flynn and Ambassador Kislyak were entirely inappropriate to build relationships. Remember, General Flynn was already picked to be Trump's national security advisor once the administration was inaugurated and came into power. These calls were at arm's length, and the government filing says there is no factual basis in the calls to assert a Foreign Agent Registration Act violation. So that FARA violation is something that you hear liberals and talking heads bandy about, but this government filing by the prosecutors who have more information than we have they are saying there was no basis in these calls to assert that there was any FARA uh, violation. And as the filing says, and is completely accurate, nothing in the calls transforms Flynn into part of the larger counterintelligence investigation. You remember that this Crossfire Hurricane investigation kept rolling, kept rolling, and ended up getting wrapped up essentially in the Mueller investigation. Now Flynn, General Flynn, he had already been director of national intelligence. He understood how uh, it worked for recording the conversations of these agents from foreign countries, ambassadors, representatives who were in the United States and communicating with people. General Flynn knew that the feds were listening to all these calls and they had word for word transcripts of the calls. And as the government filing says, nothing on the calls indicated an inappropriate relationship between Flynn and any foreign power. And this is a really critical point on why the FBI lacked sufficient basis to uh, sustain the counterintelligence investigation. If you look at the record, if you look at the comments that James Comey made under oath in interviews, uh, in written documents, he went back and forth to particularly Sally Yates giving frail and shifting justifications for the ongoing probe of Flynn. So you see that they were flailing around trying to figure out some way to take down General Flynn, and even the people around him thought that these were frail and shifting justifications for the probe. My third point is that the Logan Act violation that allegedly occurred is a joke. 
and you hear this all the time from the talking heads and the expert class who are writing op-eds about this, they're talking on the news about this, but this is a law that was passed in 1799 and no single person has been convicted of this crime in the entire history of the law's existence. Any prosecutor will tell you that if you're trying to prosecute someone for a law that has been around for that long and there have been no, no convictions, that is really going to be an uphill battle. So the filing by the federal government that we're outlining here talks about how this Logan Act was used to bootstrap, bootstrap uh, this interview of General Flynn when the closing memorandum for the counterintelligence investigation said that no interview was needed. So they're trying to bootstrap in this interview of General Flynn and trying to get him to lie. So they could either get him fired or they could get him prosecuted. And the filing, the government prosecutor's filing, makes this very important point. They sidestepped a, an important constitutional protection for American citizens. The federal government and state governments can't just go investigate people all they want. They have to have a predication. They have to have a reason why they think a crime was committed or that a possible crime was committed. This is an important protection for American citizens. And these people were trying to sidestep that protection for a 33-year combat veteran because they didn't like the president. Now, in this filing, they talked about how James Comey and the FBI never tried to open a criminal investigation. They revived the old counterintelligence investigation instead. So if they really thought that there was a Logan Act crime or Logan Act violation, then they would have opened a criminal investigation. But instead, they were just using that as a bootstrap to try and interview Flynn and try and set up a trap for him. Now, Yates, Sally Yates, as we mentioned before, she said the FBI leadership morphed between describing the investigation as a criminal investigation or a counterintelligence investigation. So in conclusion today, the court should grant the motion by the federal prosecutors dismissing the charge against General Flynn with all due haste. From the filing, the prosecutor said, Federal prosecutors have immense power to strike at citizens, not with mere individual strength, but with all the force of government itself. The citizen's safety lies in the prosecutor who seeks the truth and not victims who serve the law and not factional purposes. Our government is so powerful, especially the law enforcement arm of our federal government and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. When people at the top entrusted with the public good and upholding our Constitution go rogue against the law, Americans are hurt, and that also harms our confidence in our system of government. Those responsible for the victimization of General Flynn and the victimization of the rule of law must be held to account. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please subscribe below so you don't miss a single episode. Hit the bell and please comment down below on what topics you would like me to cover next. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter at Gail Trotter as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now. It's easy. 
Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share the Gail Trotter Show.